Give the hive. Launching Hive sequence. Welcome, welcome to the Smarter Marketing Revolution, presented by Hidden Force Media, with your host Alex Vonderhaar. Yo, 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 what is going on? Welcome back to another episode. Today, we have a very special guest with us. You know, sometimes we do uh, straight fire where we're just talking at you. Other days, we bring on guests, but all of them are always practical. And that's what we hope. And that's really the main goal of this. We don't try to sell you something that you don't need. We try to give you super impactful information that's going to help you today. So if you wouldn't mind, go out and share this with a friend. Share when you're, uh, you're out there taking your walks, when you're out there driving in your car, uh, any place where your friends and you are listening and talking about good information that you're filling your ears with, make sure you bring up NeuroHive. We don't run ads for the show. We don't try to do uh, any type of BS marketing course that goes along with this. All the information that we give you here is stuff that we are doing inside of our agency today, and it's helping clients all around the world get better and help protect their business, especially with this R word that's been flying around of recession. And that's why I wanted to bring Phil on with us today. You guys have heard Phil in a couple other episodes. And throughout this process, we just really wanted to make sure that you were getting the best information that you possibly could. So that way you're able to protect your business and really start to scale during these times. Because the businesses that go forward now, the ones that keep pushing forward, are going to have massive quantum growth leaps over everybody else. So, Phil, welcome in, man. Thanks for being here. We're going to hop into it. What's going on, my brother? Nothing. Another day. Good to be here. Happy to keep leaving an impact. I agree. So what's going on with this, man? Well, as you know, a lot of questions from our ex- our current clients that we work with and just businesses in general, general reaching out and really wanting to talk about recession and what does it look like for their business? What does it look for like for them personally? And as consumers, we're all kind of a, a little bit fearful of the R word, but as businesses and business owners, it can be, it can be mind numbing, right? This idea that what's going to happen, it's been a, it's been a minute, right? It's, it's it, 08, 09 was the last really major recession that most of us have been through. A lot of you haven't even been in business during that, but you might've grown up in it and it's uh a lot of people wondering how to recession-proof their business and, and where to go uh, and where to head as far as expenditures around marketing goes in a recession. Yeah, I think this is going to be super, super powerful for everybody here today. Um, I'm going to throw in my two cents off of this. I know you came super prepared with a lot of documents today from research, um, but in my experience from what I've seen, what I've read, what I've heard the people that invest into the customer experience and develop better products and the people that invest into marketing are always the ones that come out ahead because everybody else tends to pull back into their shell while we're over here pushing and getting more of that audience grab while everybody else is kind of fearful in that state. Yeah, and I hate to sound like Nostradamus, and I know you you preach on this constantly, which is the idea that companies that develop brands will always survive better than companies that only sell product. And it's during a recession where you really sense that in the fact that people will be brand loyal, they will have less money to spend, and they're going to spend it on brands that they're loyal to and they, aren't, they know that are going to deliver an excellent experience. Uh, so it's the idea that we've been preaching all along that 
Um, your most raving fans are the ones that are going to be your cash flow over this over this next however long the recession lasts. And if you haven't developed a brand, that's where the starting point happens. So this episode is definitely not about building a brand, even though we could get into that for hours and hours and hours. This one's specifically around how do we prevent that? So building a brand is definitely in that top list. Uh, and that truly revolves around marketing. We say marketing is a game of memorization. And that's part of what the brand is. Brand is a recognizable mark, an emotion, a feeling that a customer gets from your business that happens over and over and over again. And there are some businesses that have lived successfully, especially through the social media paid ads realm and that huge wave that happened uh, in the early 2010s all the way through up until about middle of last year where they were able to ride that e-commerce wave and they did it successfully And then when algorithms started to shift, they hit that oh shit moment. And now a lot of other businesses that didn't rely on that are also hitting that and looking at other avenues and channels to pull content, to pull information, and to pull customers back into their business to stay relevant and top of mind. Agreed. Cool. So what else you got for us today on this? So this isn't isn't my work. It's something that that I used in the past. I love research. I love reading lots and lots of different sources. This this one came from the Harvard Business Review um, all the way back in 08, 09 when, when it was studied. So the good news about a lot of business works is they're able to take a certain period of time, the recession that happened in 08, 09, and really dive into it so that when the next recession comes, we have some hard data to, to kind of base ideas off of. And what the Harvard Business Review came up with, and I think is brilliant, is th- this four by four matrix. Uh, we we can gladly share this on social. If you want to reach out for a copy, we can send it to you. But it's the idea that um, the risk of sales and a downturn really are divided in the four segments. It's the idea of essentials, treats, postponements, and extent, uh, expendables. So essentials we all know, right? Food shelter, medical care, um, all the things that we can't live without that we got to spend our disposable income just to survive for ourselves and our families. Um, treats we define as well um, are, are the things that, that wow us, right? It's the, it's the things that move the needle. Um, they're indulgences um, where immediate purchase is considered justifiable. So I'm not going to give up my double whip latte because it's what gets me through the day. And that's the one thing I can do to treat myself every day. Uh, and, and I have to have it right. Postponements are defined as, uh, needed, um, and desired, but they can be put off, right? I have a dishwasher. It's not working great, but I'm not going to go out and buy another one right now because I can put it off. And then it's the idea of postponements or, uh, Uh, I'm sorry, expendables, and these are unnecessarily and unjustifiable. Um, For us in the marketing world, it tends to be kind of that weird impulse things we see all over social media, right? You can't live without a pet rock. During a recession, trust me, you can live without (laughs) a pet rock, right? But it puts in in jeopardy a lot of impulse buys that we see on Facebook or on social media that really kind of grew those platforms and those are what I, what we just talked about, right? I know we're not sure. going to talk in the brand, but it's that idea that they've never really developed a brand. It's it's 
whatever it is, right? A t-shirt, what millions of different impulse buy items that are out there that we all know we can, we can cut pretty easily out of our budget and not really feel them. Those are where the businesses that are going to suffer the most during recession. And then they look at four segment types of people. When we talk about market segmentation in in marketing, we do it a lot. It's usually around demographic, right? It's around male, female, income, sometimes race, lots of different ways you can segment people, religious, non-religious, you know, all the different demographics that, that we throw out there as marketers. But from a recession perspective, uh, this study looked at people in four different ways. So it's the slam on your brakes people. These are people that are going to feel the recession the most, and it's a lot of times by income, right? The the lower income people feel a recession. We all know that when when you're spending $100 a, a week on gas versus $30 a week on gas, that $70 for a low-income low person is substantial. But there's a lot of people that are fear-based as well, so they're slam-on-your-brakes people, so don't always just consider it as income-based. Um, the second is what they define as the pained but patient people. These are the ones who tend to, to, to know that they, they feel a recession. They feel the, the additional cost for food and shelter and gas. But they also realize that it's hopefully going to be short-lived and they're in a position where they're going to reduce and they're going to cut back. But they, they realize there's an end end to the recession and they're still going to treat themselves and their families, but they want to make sure they do it wisely. So they're almost just riding the wave. They're riding the wave, right? They yeah. they feel it, but but they're in a in a in a in a place where they can, in their mind, say, "I'm going to cut back. I'm gonna, we're going to do things smarter, but we're going to also indulge in some areas to to, to treat ourselves and our families." The comfortably well-off, of course, this is typically judged by income. You know, we think of them as the top 5 or top 10% income earners. Maybe they got out of the market early. They moved in some, into some safer stuff. They, 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 they were lucky and got out of crypto or, or the stock market before it, all, the, all the major fluctuations. Maybe they're retired and, and they've invested well in themselves. And these are people that can kind of write it out, right? They, they know that unless this thing goes 10, 12, 15 years, that they're going to be okay. And then this is the interesting one, which is the live for, for the live, live for the today people, sorry. Uh, and those tend to be urban, younger people, um, recently graduated. They didn't have money. Now they do. Um, and they tend to, to not really care, right? They have credit cards. They, as long as they can meet a minimum payment, they kind of always want to do whatever. They're going to continue to travel. They're going to continue to spend money on, on things. Um, and they really are looking for the experience versus the item. The only item, the only thing that uh, is typically item based for these people are high-end electronics and computers, phones, all those types of things, right? They, they got to have the latest technology. They want to be on the front end of, of the latest, greatest sound system or computer or phone. We all know those people. 
Uh, and no matter what it costs, they got to have it. Hmm. And this is what we talked about, right? There's, it's almost like there's the, the behavioral patterns that have been set in motion a very long time ago are going to continue to play that out. I don't see anybody really flip-flopping categories unless they probably had a major job transition during that time because a lot of what we're talking about here seems to be habitual more than it is reactionary, except for that last category. They seem to be 100% reactionary. And if you fit into that, you know it's probably a good time to take some inventory around what you're actually spending money on and where you can better allocate those resources. But if that's your habit of spending you're not just going to cut that off cold turkey, right? The people that always want to be on that cutting edge, they're the early adopters. They're okay with taking the risk because in their mind, they see high risk, high reward for being on the front end of this. And whether that reward is status or recognition or actual ROI payout for them, they don't really see the difference. All they care about is just being first on that front line. Exactly. And and so I, I mentioned it's a four by four matrix. So it's the idea that the slam on the brakes people they got to have the essentials. They got to be able to get the work. They got to have food. They got to have shelter. They got to have clothing. Uh, they got to start saving for back to school. Believe it or not, we're almost there. Um, and so, what's the the main thing they cut out is the treats, right? It's 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 they have to go without a, without the without the treats in order to to afford the essentials. Um, the pained but patient people, I think, are the 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 most interesting segment for a lot of our clients and a lot of businesses out there. They will cut back, but they want to make sure when they do spend the money, they get 100% of the value and they don't have zero buyer's remorse, right? Mm. So if we look at it from, from, a, from, from a restaurant perspective, they want to go in, they want to be wowed, they want the perfect drink, they want the host to remember their name, they, they, want, they want that wow experience and that buyer's remorse is going to happen a lot faster. So what I mean by buyer's remorse, we've all been in this situation, right? You're out with a significant other. You have an okay evening. The food was okay. The service was okay. You waited longer than you thought you thought you needed for your reservation or your table. So that was just okay. And you get to the, you get to the, the, uh, the car and you're on your way home and you look at, at your wife or your husband or your spouse and you say, wow, I can't believe we spent $150 for dinner just for the two of us, right? Because there was nothing wild there mm-hmm. versus, the, versus the experience of, wow, the, the, the manager was great tonight. I love the experience. And that creme brulee was the best dessert I've ever had in my life. There's no regret that you spent the money there. Uh, and so when that buyer's remorse happens, the idea that, they're going to come back to you, especially during recession is silly, right? Nobody's going to waste money that way. And it's the same way with product. If I get a product that underperforms or it breaks, I don't want to throw money away. And I, again, it brings us back to being brand loyal and relying on those brands that we know perform very, very well and deliver that level of expectation, whether it be a product or a service that people are going to tend to lean into when they're in that pain but patient perspective because they, they don't have the money to waste. Mm. And then um, the, the other one is the comfort, comfort, comfortably well-off, and I can't speak today, uh, <laughs> is the idea that um, they'll, too, be more selective on, on those treats, right? Um, they'll typically, 
have the money to buy a post postponable more than anybody else. So, ah, the dishwasher's acting up. We can afford a four or five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred dollar dishwasher. Let's go ahead and get it replaced. But they're still cutting back on the treats if they're if they're not guaranteed the return. And then the last one is the live for today's. Again, they're still spending money, so so that money's still available out there. It's just how do we reach them? That was probably one of the biggest things. So everybody needs to go back, listen to that probably two or three more times because there was a lot of information in there and you're probably not going to catch it the first time. Um, and this has been a topic that one of our clients taught me the very first year I was ever in business. Um, I was just kind of picking her brain one day over dinner and I said, you know, what really kept you in business during the first recession? And she said, Alex, it's not that it's not that the money goes away. It just shifts hands into a different place. So you have to be well positioned to be able to receive that no matter whether the times are good or bad. So if your product is only positioned for the impulse or for the quick buy, then when the recession hits, you're going to lose probably about 50 to 60% of your audience and your income at that point, just because it's not they don't want to, they just can't. So depending on how you're pricing and how you're stacked within their life, you really have to be able to pivot and be creative around new products and new services and how you play that chess game with them over the long time and not just for today's purchase. Playing chess versus checkers. Right. Uh, no, agreed. And this is all from the consumer side of things, right? So so we talked about the four by four. It's really looking at and segmenting people based off of, of their buying behaviors during recession, the type of personality they have and kind of matching it up, but we haven't looked at it from a business perspective, right? And I think what's really interesting is for most businesses, they know they have to cut back, and the easiest way to cut back is a, is just a straight dollar amount across all areas of their business, right? And the one area that typically gets hit pretty hard for a lot of businesses, and it's a mistake, is to cut marketing out, and the reasoning is, is because marketing tends to be considered an expense versus an investment. And then the other thing is, is it typically can be cut a lot faster than anything to deal with production, right? Because when we cut production, it typically involves what? People. people. And so most businesses are, are reluctant to cut people. So they, they cut marketing. They slash the hell out of it. Their sales decline even more and more than, than what other seg or other competitors are in the marketplace are, are, are declining. And then ultimately they have to cut people anyways, because now they're in survival mode. So, uh, you know, I had a conversation with one of our clients and, and I said, you got to be careful not to put yourself in survival mode. Uh, we have to, we have to pull out a scalpel, not a, not an ax. Right. Um, and we have to, obviously we're cutting back here in, in some of the things that, that we're spending money on. Um, we're a, a scaling business is just like the majority of our clients. And it's my job to kind of look at some expenditures and we've done this exercise in our own brains, even though we didn't lay it out in, in the way that we just did. But how do you approach from a marketing perspective where you're spending dollars and in what you're doing to, to deliver those experiences, right? I mentioned it earlier. One of the, if you do have a brand and you have loyal following, it's the idea that you can truly lean into those raving fans for cash flow. Yeah. Right. And how are we marketing to them? How are we making sure that, that we're, we're, del we're reaching our existing clients who already touched, taste, and felt us, and they, and they truly do love us. 
how are we reaching them and saying, keep buying from us, keep, keep consuming our product. It's worth every dollar. And then making sure we're delivering on that. Right. I think the nuance there is not to oversell just because you feel like you need to, or because you have to. And I see, I'm already seeing this shift happen all over which is these businesses are getting around saying like, hey, we need you to buy. We're going 40% off here, 50% off here, 25% off there. And it's so many sales back to back to back to back out of brands that have never done discounting before. And it's like, holy shit, you guys must be desperate. And that's the vibe they're putting off, right? And it's almost like that needy girlfriend or boyfriend in high school where they're up your case all day, all the time because they just need, 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 need. You never get that reprise, right? You never get that space or that separation from the brand to remember how great the experience was. And people that understand great marketing, good branding understand you can't be just straight in their face all the time. You have to give them a little bit of space and separation so when they keep coming back to you, they can experience that, oh yeah, this is a great feeling moment. But if you're in their face all the time, they never get that opportunity. So it's walking this fine nuance between the two of, yeah, we want to be in their face. Yes, we need to be present with them and along the journey with them, but it's also not overselling and constantly being there and just straight in their face. And here it comes. This is, if you don't hear anything else we say during this episode, this is the most, I think, the most valuable that I can bring to you. Even if you are product-based, it needs to be about the experience. Yes. From what you just said, in, in what I've seen, that is the key. So even if you're delivering a product, you still need to make it experience-based. And what are some really cheap ways you can do that? And we can, we can dive into those, right? It's the handwritten thank you note. It's the reaching out when, you, when you've never reached out before. It's not selling all the time on your social pages or your organic side of things and just thanking people being authentic around your product and around your brand um, are all going to be very, very important because, again, from the 4 by 4 matrix we talked about early, people can cut out product. Mm. They do not want to cut out experience. So if you are a product brand, how are you getting away from just the product and making sure you're delivering the experience? It's what's going to get you through a recession period for no matter how long it lasts. That's also just good business practice in general, as a, <laughs> which is funny, right? It's like, right. it's like how in the world did we get back to that level of uh, just basicness? So you have to give them the experience versus just the product. And I think that comes and goes in waves. We've seen over time, like, and we were talking about this a few months ago, like in the 80s, there was this big push for consumerism. And then in the 90s and early 2000s, that really dipped off and really didn't come back around for a while. And then we saw it again from like 2012 all the way through today. And now we're seeing that start to dip again. It's just these ebbs and flows of cycles. Right. And another important part of this, which I think is is worth getting, getting your head around, if you are losing sales because you're quote-unquote recession-proofing your business, which means you're cutting way back on everything and you're just kind of going on your shell, there is a competitor out there that is taking your market share because they're getting aggressive on, 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 on the marketing side and the new product development side or launching a new idea because while they're fearful, 
they realize that they can explode their business while other people are retreating. And when there's nobody in that space, they can fill it much faster and much cheaper and be, and be aggressive on the marketing side. And then when they, when they come out of the recession, they're in a much better financial place because a lot of the people that roll up in, 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 in go into the turtle uh, position as a, as a, as a brand or a business aren't going to be there when the recession is over. Gee, I wonder which marketing agency has been dropping information around that for a few years now. Right. And, (laughs) you know, it's funny that you said, you know, a lot of this is just good business. It is right. We get lazy. Sure. Right. We get, and as a business owner and, and we're guilty of this ourselves is you can get fat and lazy. Mm. Like when, when times are good, when clients are rolling in, when, when a lot of people are spending a lot of money, um, we can get lazy, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's like when we're on vacation, we skip the gym, we eat more than we should. We come home and we've put on 15, 20 pounds over a couple weeks vacation and because we got lazy, yep. right? Businesses get lazy. Businesses, when, when things are going really, really well, we kind of live off of that. We love the jazz. We love the excitement. Sales are going up. We're not exactly sure why, right? But we're happy to have the money. But now... You hit it, right? If if we have bad fundamentals in business during recession is when those things become very, very transparent. We go, wow, why were we doing that, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's like ignoring the check engine light on your car, right? It's the yellow light. It's not the blinking red light, mm-hmm. right? But guess what? During recession, that yellow light is now blinking red. Right, that pulsating red, on dunk, 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 and now you have to do something. So, for a lot of our our clients, a lot of our businesses, a lot of the businesses we're talking to is, uh, how do we catch up? Right, what does catching up look like? And for me, I truly believe it's about making even product based business ex- around the experience and how to deliver a wow experience for every time we touch a client. And that is through every way we touch a client, whether it be an ad, a social media post, uh, an email, an SMS, an MMS, however we're communicating, how are we making sure it's about the experience and not about the product? And how are we making sure that they're getting exceptional value out of everything we're doing? I think that's great. Um, Guys, we are coming up on the final moments here. Uh, If you haven't already, make sure that you're subscribed to the show. Share this with a friend. We have an awesome newsletter, and I know every marketer out there has a newsletter, but I promise this is one that you've never seen before. I'll leave the link in the description. Make sure you sign up for that. Uh, But before we follow out and you guys share this with a friend, Phil, any final moments of wisdom for the people out there that are listening to the show today? Now, the only thing I got, and this is for everybody out there, and we do this as a team, is is read, 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 right? Um, My we're not the only only source out there for this type of information, uh, but there's a lot of, of content out there that are, deli- are that's being written or have been written by really, really smart people. Um, take the time to invest in your business by investing in yourself and dive into this topic and realize that leaning into marketing during a downtime is probably going to be the best thing for your business. 
um, so that when you do come out of it, you're at the top end versus the bottom end because the businesses that force themselves to be at the bottom end aren't going to survive. I love it. Guys, thank you so much for being here. Phil, thank you so much for bringing this information to everybody today. It was much needed, and I know they got a lot of value out of it. Thank you, brother. No problem.